Welcome to the Random Tea Sleepy Hollow Podcast. Yay! I'm Queenie. I'm Shania. And today we're going to talk about the um, second episode of the first season, which is Blood Moon. Yes. And this was directed by Ken Olin, who is also an executive producer. And it was written by Robert Orsi, Alex Kurtzman, and Mark Goffman. So just just talking as the episode as a whole, going into it, how, how did you feel about it? I like this episode. It was the pilot built up a lot. It was it's a pilot episode. Uh, so this is a second episode. It was it, it jumped you into the story. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a very strong second episode. I do too. Because like you said, the pilot pilots generally they try to cram a lot of stuff in because mm-hmm. they got to get you introduced to this world, introduce your characters. Right, but I, I think I think this was a strong second episode. Yes. So um, to get into the recap and. You know, we we've we've seen two full seasons now, yes. the two of us, and we're going back and watching these and, and, and casting about them. Um, I'm noticing a trend, and I, I can't remember if uh, if this continues to play out. I don't think it does, but man, they like showing people waking up in a dream. They do. They really like they that. Do like that. Um, well, vision, dream, whatever you want to call it. Mm. So we see uh, Crane being chased down by the Horsemen. The really interesting camera use where they flip it over. Mm-hmm. It's really smooth. Mm-hmm. It was it was a really neat shot the way they the way for, they did this for for an intro scene. Yeah, it was really kind of cool. And so we see Crane in this in this dark forest with lots of fog. They love them some fog, and he's being chased down by the horseman. And very quickly we see that the horseman's not alone. He's got the other three horsemen with him. Right, or who, at this point, we're assuming is the other horseman. Right. I mean, how many other yeah, sets no, of four no, horsemen are you going to have? But, you know. So, uh, he he's running from these horsemen, and he gets trapped by branches. And they start to not only trap him, but they start to entangle him. And it, it is only episode two. The special effects are a little hard to buy. <laughs> Well, you know, but you know. it is only episode two. Of That's season true. One. They're not dumping a ton of money into uh, it yet. I know, but not not horrible. No. Not as bad as the fire later. No. Uh, and he he gets pulled down below the earth, and to me, it looked like the cave where he woke up in a little bit. A little bit, but not. It wasn't. It didn't feel completely the same, but no. it felt kind of similar. But it also kind of mixed in with that and the the, the tunnels. Yeah, that we see. That's later. And um, so Katrina's there, and she says that they're safe for now, and that he must stop the horsemen, and then she does go out and say that it's conquest, war, famine, and death. She does list them all, yes. So we we get reminded once again that the the headless horseman is not just that, but he's one of the horsemen of the apocalypse. Yes. So we're going with the the horsemen apocalypse, and... And she just she says she talks about how uh, while he's trying to race his the other horsemen that there's going to be this this, this evil mm-hmm. this that, army of evil right and it <clears throat> the one thing I really do like about that is it sets up the monster of the week format I thought so too because I thought I thought you know I think we were both really leery going into this as far as how oh, yeah. how this was going to play out how they're going to how like, they're going to lengthen even four horsemen. You got four horsemen. That's one season. We're done. Yeah. So this really does kind of 
and, and you know, it goes back into the the seven year cycle that they talked about in the first episode. So we're getting seven seasons, right? We're getting yes, yes. that's totally what that means. Okay. Uh, and so that kind of brings that in that it's not just it's not just yeah, the four that, horsemen of the apocalypse. Yeah, that really because that would get old so fast. It would. You're gonna run out of story. So she tells him that uh, the first dark spirit rises before the blood moon. She is one of us. Okay, now I did some research. Okay. To blood moon because that's a very prominent. I mean, it's the title. Of the it's episode. the title of the episode. Okay, so blood moon. Blood Moon is, uh, actually it's defined as a total, the total lunar eclipse uh, when the Earth casts its shadow over a full moon and it can cast, create this, this red glow. Okay. It's called the, the, the Blood Moon. That's one. Another one, uh, it's also uh, the Hunter's Moon, mm-hmm. which is the first full moon after the Harvest Moon. Uh, the Harvest Moon being the moon closest to the autumnal equinox in late September. So the hunter's moon generally is in October, which gives us a time frame for the episode. And it, it does almost fit in with the air date, which was in September, but right. it also fits in with, you know, they've seen them, they've shown them in the forest repeatedly, just just in this little bit we've seen so far of Sleepy Hollow, and it's not, it's clearly not springtime. It's no. clearly not summer. The, le- the, the, you know, fall. the trees are bare. Yeah. There's leaves. Yeah, but it doesn't seem like it's the dead of winter either. So, yeah, it's clearly fall. It's setting it up. It's setting it up. So that's that's a nice little touch. Right. And when I was going between the the two definitions of the blood moon, um, there's no lunar eclipse in this episode. So they're obviously, they have to be just talking about the October moon. Right. So that's that's really interesting. Yeah, it it ties it in. Yeah. So that I really did like. Okay. That's where Blood Moon comes from. Good. Good on them for, for research. Yay! I applaud that. So we, uh, Ichabod wakes up, which, if you didn't realize this was a dream, <laughs> he's awake. And he is in a, what looks like a cheap motel. You can see the, the double beds and the, you know, the ever so attractive hotel bedspread. And he's all kinds of disheveled. Yeah, he's... <laughs> Bless <laughs> he, him. Uh... He does look very out of place. He's, but I mean, even between the, the he's 250 years in the future. He's just had this really weird dream. He does come to himself pretty quickly, though. He does, and um, so much so that he he tries to leave, and he's confronted with a police officer, and he just keeps demanding to see Abby. And the officer reminds him that he is a he's a witness in an ongoing investigation, and he can't leave. So I thought that was pretty interesting that clearly, you know, he's been given some leeway. He's no longer a suspect, but up. they're not letting him no. go anywhere. But he's not, he's not locked up in the jail. He's not locked up in the asylum. Right. But he's not free. Right. And so he, he has to wait for Abby. and He doesn't want to. So we flash to Abby, who is talking to Frank Irving. Yes. And she just lays it all out. She does. She doesn't try to dance around no. it. She's. She says that Corbin was killed by an axe-wielding headless horseman and that, um, you know, that's what happened. And Irving says, yeah, well, but the other officers that backed you up last time, they've recanted. Yeah, I was not surprised that they recanted. I wasn't either. But I was still a little hurt. I know, because I, like, uh-huh. I really want Frank to believe her. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think 
it shows a measure of trust because he readily admits that it sounds crazy, but he's giving her leeway to investigate these things. He's giving her leeway with Ichabod. He is. He's not completely discounting her as crazy. No, no he's not. Which I think is really interesting. And it does speak to his character. As, it does. And I don't mean that the character as in a character in a TV show, but the character's character. Yes. Because, because he really, he really wants, he knows something is going on. He wants to know what that is. And however crazy that may sound, sure. he wants to do what he can to get to the bottom of this. Yes. And, um, Abby mentions that she knows something was off with Andy's death. Um, she makes a point of saying that, you know, that she doesn't think he could do this himself. And Frank shows her the, the official video they have of his cell. And it's, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. It shows him doing this to himself. Running into the wall and snapping his neck back. There is no way... Like, so they should get a physicist in here because that's just, that seems like physics defying stuff here. It's impossible. And do they not get a medical examiner? Yeah. To take a look at him? I, I mean, and wouldn't his neck have stretched like that? Wouldn't it have torn? Yeah, because it, it looks a little Gumby esque. It's just, no. It's very odd. And, and Abby, Abby flat out calls bull. Oh yeah, she's like I'm this. Flat out this is wrong, and the video tech's kind of looking at her like, uh, "You just saw the video." And so Frank gets the guy to leave the room, and he starts, you know, talking to her. And Abby tells him what happened, what they saw, and Irving is basically having none of it. He is trusting the evidence that he's seeing with his eyes, and I kind of can't, can't blame, blame him. him. Yeah. Exactly, you can't you can't blame him at this point. This is what the evidence that's in front of me. I've got, and he's he's a higher up. Yeah, but and I think he wasn't there either. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting though. He continues to not pull her off this case. No, and not pull her off of the force. She's not put on leave. No, no psychiatric he, leave or nothing. He deep down has some kind of trust in her. He does. Um, so I think that's really interesting. And to be somebody who's coming in because he was not a part of this department before this happened. He came right. in because it was Corbin. Right, the sheriff who was killed. So right, he was brought in. And I to wish take they, over. I wish they would have made that a little clearer because we kind of get that later that yeah, he was brought in and and he comes and transfers in. Um, but I, I really wish they would have made it clearer because they kind of he kind of is in the middle of Corbin's investigation. And you you can you get the impression that that he's new to this, and he, he does mention in this episode that he's the new guy. But I kind of wish they would have fleshed that out a little bit more. Like I don't know how yeah. long he was there before Corbin died. They kind of throw him into yeah so while you know we're having this conversation we get flashes of ichabod inspecting the hotel room and this is honestly one of my favorite scenes ever of this it, show it is because abby has left him post-it notes all over the Everywhere. place on off for the switch uh for the light switch she's labeled the shower she's labeled the coffee maker She's labeled a hair dryer. It, it, I just thought, God, the fact that Abby took the time to do this. And the foresight. Yeah. To do this for him. It just, she's such, it, it shows you what a thoughtful person she is. I thought it was a really sweet gesture. And, of course, it was, it was just amusing to see him kind of go through all this. Like, he has a misstep with the shower. 
because probably he looked at it and didn't know what this was. Literal. Literal misstep. Um, and I just, I thought it was a really cute moment. And it was. you know, you know, I always love Ichabod versus the modern yes, world. I love these, these little bits, these flashes. And but I say, I say Ichabod versus, but to, he really takes a lot of this in stride. He really does. But he's such. It, it speaks to how how much of an intellectual he really is. Yeah, because he he may have some, and, and we'll get into this really shortly. Um, he has some incredulity over over certain situations and how things are set up, but he really, once he gets past his initial shock of whatever the thing is, he's pretty accepting. He is. So I, th- I always think that's that's really interesting. And I think at times he's more accepting of the future than Abby is accepting of the past. Yes, I, I completely agree with that. And I, I think it's interesting because I think this really sets up with Abby leaving these notes for him. She's his anchor in this time. She is, and he and he, he's chosen her. Yeah, he it's it's not a, a mad grab. Yeah, he picked her. This is who's going, to, and it, oh, it goes back to the, the witness. Yeah, too, and she's so. stepping up to it. She is as it, she kind of has her misgivings later in the episode with the whole the whole deal of them being witnesses, but she steps up to the fact that Ichabod is two hundred and fifty years old and. Well, and also, at the same time, she just lost Corbin, mm-hmm. who was her anchor to the world yep. as a whole. Um, and then here, at the time that she loses that, Ichabod steps in, and it's like she's grabbing onto him yeah. as this connection to what happened to Corbin. Right. So it's... And a means to find out. It is, and... It just it's well written. And it's tied into her personal past as well, which it we'll is. which we'll get into a little right. bit later. Yes. So we you know, Ichabod's kind of feeling his way literally feeling his way around the hotel room. And then we flash back to um to Irving and Abby talking. Yes. And Irving admits that he thinks Ichabod really does believe this story, but he still thinks it's a delusion. And you can't blame him for that. But he makes, you know, he it, it's not malicious. He no. really does no. believe that Ichabod believes that he and was asleep for 200 right, years. Right, and there's a difference. So um, he thinks that, you know, reluctantly he agrees that Abby and Ichabod, they might be the only option to understand what's going on. Yes. So he, he knows it's not a great choice, but... He, he gives her some leeway, but he also warns her not to embarrass him. Right. And he's really stepping out on a limb. He is, and he's really doing the best he's, he can in the said situation. And he's new in this department, so he's he doesn't have... It's not like he's got a 10-year history to fall back on if Abby does something No, but surely he's bizarre. read her, her record. Yeah. Surely I, he has. That's true. Um... And, and that she was headed to Quantico. And so, so he, I, I really like that he, he freely admits he doesn't know what's going on. He thinks that there's some shady stuff. But, but he wants to know what's going right. on. So I think that was really interesting. So we see Abby finally arrives at the hotel and Ichabod is just living. Not happy at all. He's, he's being a little bit of a piss baby. He's being a little Captain America. <laughs> He is. He is. Freedom is this, this, and that. Uh-huh. Yeah, he does. He goes into a little, a little speech, and uh, but she, she placates him with some donut holes. I want a donut hole. 
I know. I want it done at home. And at first he's like, I don't want this. These are fabulous. And you know? <laughs> I know. And you can see during their conversation flashes around the room, there's a sticky note next to the light switch. There's three sticky notes on the microwave. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a consistent. She did the whole Yeah, room. I thought that was, that was really sweet. And uh, he tells Abby about Katrina's warnings and enjoys the donut holes. Ooh, these are good. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. See, I mean, so he's pretty accepting in some instances. He's almost looking, seeking. He's, he's like, okay, I'm here. Give it to him. Put yeah. it on. Yeah. He's oh. not He's not fearful of it. He's not trying no. to hide in, in, a, in a what he would consider a safe no, environment. No. He's not, like, going back to the woods or, or whatever. No, and he's not trying to pretend like it's still yeah. the 1800s or whatever. Yeah. Because he knows they've got a job to do. Yeah. So Abby's still reluctant to fully believe him. Um, she's clearly at battle with herself. She's grappling with this whole situation. Mm-hmm. Um, that Katrina's giving them dream warnings or visions or whatever. Um, which I think is interesting that she's not whole hog into this yet like he is. Right. And, but there, but you do see the parallel. Yes. You do see the parallel that he's trying to accept this world. She's got to accept that world. He's trying to bring her on board. Mm-hmm. And he's being patient with her. He's being being very patient with her. Or he could be. He's lot. not yelling at her. He's yeah. not, like, shaking. Yeah. He's not, He's not. you know, bringing out the big guns of guilt or anything like no. that. No. So I thought that was nice. And we flash to the, uh, what looks like the coroner's office, and we see a corpse in a body bag. And it comes back to life. Yeah, because they do that. They apparently. do that. Yep. And it's Andy. Yep. He gets out of the bag. Um, he seems confused. He does, and his neck is a hot mess. <laughs> he is his head is basically bent back as far as it can get. There's some decent acting there with him flailing around there. Yeah, and so he he sees he he sees himself backwards in this mirror, and we see him talk to the demon thing from the first episode. Yes, who's still a little blurry, which I like that they didn't show it clearly. Yeah, because that does make it creepier. It does. It makes it, it makes it more ominous. It makes it spookier. And um, we both watch with subtitles on, which yes. definitely helps me with the understanding. And basically, all the subtitles said is that this demon guy is speaking Greek. Which I was not okay with. No. I, 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 I thought that was, very, that was a very odd choice. Yes. Uh, you, you would expect the demon, uh, this big ominous demon, to speak Latin. I would expect like some kind of almost like a like a black speak demon speak. Yeah, yeah I would right. I would accept something made up like to, true, like a Tolkien yes. kind of thing over Greek. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, Greek is too is it's not old enough. And you know Greek if if you're if you're not watching it with subtitles, you don't catch that. And I didn't catch it the first time around. So on the rewatch, I thought that I thought that was kind of off putting. Um, we, we'll see a little bit later why we think they may have done that, but I'm not buying it. No. So, I, I'm just guessing this demon is just basically like, you know, knows all languages and whatever. Whatever. Um, but Andy understands him. We can chalk that up Apparently. to demon magic yeah, or whatever. whatever. And, um, mm, magic. Andy gets his head kind of fixed. His neck, <laughs> his neck is still all wrinkly and weird. But not, not, I don't think crazy obvious it just no. like he's got a wrinkly neck yeah well when they, they do that first scene and he's he's in the room 
and he doesn't have a shirt on. Mm-hmm. It's they, it's very prominent, very wrinkly. Yeah, it's not not so much when he has his uniform on. First season budget. Yeah. So he fixes his head, and Andy starts to tell him no, no, no. And I thought this was kind of cool. It felt very Darth Vadery to me. Yeah. He starts to choke him. <laughs> and but un- unlike Darth Vader, who doesn't leave prizes behind. Andy pulls out this amulet from his mouth and yes. his throat. And it's this, it's this pretty large amulet. And all we see him say, cause we haven't, we haven't been privy to the demon side of the conversation no, we have no because he's been say. speaking Greek. All we see Andy say is release who? Yeah. And this, this metal that he spit out, it's a good, what, two and a half, three inch. It's big. Yeah. It's, it's a fairly and it's, sizable. It's, it's blue and it's got this little, sliver of a moon on it uh, there's no it's just a moon there's there's no no reference for to, to go it's just it's a moon so you know i took i took it like if you sass this demon you'll pull random things out of your <laughs> out of your throat i hate it when that happens i know so but you know that kind of leads andy into okay he's he's in he doesn't really have a choice no. this guy can do no. stuff to him oh yeah uh, and presumably he can send him back to being a corpse if he so sure, chose. Sure. As you do. So we finally get the first look at the credits because we didn't we didn't get the credit scene in the pilot. No, there was no credit scene then. I'm a big fan of this credit scene. I think it's really cool. It like is. it's got a lot of cool imagery, and we see the four main characters. And for me, the first time this was this was my first time we see Ichabod, Abby, oh, we're Frank. Told we we realized they're the first main four. Right. The four main I can speak. Four, four main, main characters. characters. For me, this was the first time to go, okay, Katrina's going to play a bigger part in this than I originally thought. Right. And Irving. And Irving, yeah. He was not in the pilot. Right. He was in the pilot. He was in the pilot. Mm-hmm. We didn't, ha- we didn't get no, a credit sequence. No, so. that's, true. that's true. But we see that he's at least important enough to be in the credits. And generally, they don't like to spend money on these things more than they have to. No. So you don't get in the credits if you're just in it for a week. No. He's what? Third? Yeah. He's third. He's, he's third. It, it goes uh, Ichabod, Abby, Frank, and then Katrina. Right. So I thought that was really interesting. Yes. Um, we go, we move on to see Ichabod in the car with Abby, and he is just flabbergasted at how much food costs. He is. And then he has a little patriot moment over the tax. He does, and that's I, I adore that. He has a good little rant, and... Abby's, Abby's, you know, she's like, yeah, that's great. So anyway, let's continue talking about your wife. So, yeah, they're, they're, it's almost like a cross-examination. Mm-hmm. It felt very much like that, but not, there's no animosity there? No. It, it felt a little natural. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say organically natural, but it was interesting. Yeah, and so Abby wants to know, she just bluntly, she don't pull no she's like, how did you not know your wife was a witch? Which I think it's a valid question. It's a very valid question. And Abby basically kind of thinks it's nuts that Katrina kept this from him. And Ichabod defends her and says that, well, it must have been to protect both of us. And he does seem okay with it. Yeah, he does. And I would not be okay with this. No, that's that's kind of a big... And not only is she a witch, but clearly she played a part in this bigger good versus evil game. Mm-hmm. Enough that she was the one that, you know helped uh put him to sleep for 250 250 years yeah yeah so i mean she's not just like oh honey i dabble in witchcraft right she's a big player in this enough so that she's still able to give him vision warnings 
So, you that know. That he believes. That he believes. They're not just, he doesn't think they're just dreams. Right. So, they talk about the fact that they need to, they need to find Ichabod a cover. Um, I love that they address that. Yeah, because we, I mean, they can't just randomly just be like, this guy is always with Abby. And she tells him, and I think this is really interesting, basically, you gotta stop ranting about modern things. Yeah, you gotta have to, to, to zip that up a little bit. Yeah. And he agrees. He agrees. Um, you know, because it's going to be a little weird if, if anybody else heard him ranting about the tax and how much food costs. That's going to be a red flag oh, for yeah. you. Oh, yeah, and Founding Fathers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She points out <laughs> several bits and pieces. Then we see Andy commandeering a patrol car. You know, just some random corpse walking out on the work. And he's got himself a car. uniform. Yeah. So... Whatever. And you can still see his neck a little bit. You can still see his neck a little bit. It doesn't look as um, obvious as I think they lead you to believe later, but you, you still see there's something up with it. Yep. And then we go to Corbin's funeral. And Abby's in full uniform, and she's, you know, she's standing there. Ichabod's standing off to the side. He gives her a little space. It's respectful. But she's openly crying, not like. I would consider weeping, but she's, no, she's, she's got the tears. She's got some tears going on. And Ichabod at that point walks away and he goes to visit Katrina's grave. I'm still upset about I will never be over. They even the make it stone. they even make it a little worse later in my opinion. Uh, they do, they do. And yeah, it's so he has a Eureka moment that Oh my gosh, the evil is a witch. That's what Katrina meant when she said she is one of us. And so, which, that's terribly convenient that he figures that out. And then we see, it's, they flash the night, the night time, and we see Andy in, I'm assuming it's the same cemetery. I'm not sure. It looks, it looks like a cemetery, but there's this grouping of obelisks. They're not tall, they're probably... Four or five feet tall. Right. And he takes this amulet that Moloch has given him, the demon has given him, and he uses his newfound spangly jewelry to do some magic, and we get the rise. Yeah, he, he, he speaks some words out of it. They don't really, they don't tell us the closed caption he's saying. No. And, um, which, that's always kind of a pet peeve of mine. When there's another language spoken that you don't know what they're saying, then at that point I'm like, shouldn't I know? But it's also in the same scene that they show the moon. Yeah. It's not a lunar eclipse. It is a full moon, so we have confirmation that it is, in fact, the hunter's moon, mm -hmm. not the total eclipse moon. And that kind of goes into, if you look at this, like, this is almost like preordained. Yeah. Like, the horsemen and Ichabod were supposed to ride again at this time. Right. She was supposed to, this witch is supposed to be the first round of evil that comes. Right. This is, this is a very set timeline is the feel I get from it. And I also, I also read somewhere that she's of the order of the blood moon. Yes. Yes. So it's, it's, at least there's that. Yeah. And it's, it's not this handy dandy plot device. I feel like there was a little thought put into using that blood moon that time of year. Yeah, yeah. There was there was some research involved. And it makes sense that. that she would be the one that would drive exactly. this her time. Yeah, it makes sense. 
So we see her rise, and she's all crusty and burnt she's, up. She's crispy. She's yeah. She's got some. She's got some crispiness. Mm-hmm. And um. But the way that they shadow her, it's you can't see. Make the make it's makeup. Yeah. And you know, of course, obviously you know, but they do keep her in the shadows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not overtly. No made up. It's it, a lot of, like, with the way they treat the demons that you see early on is there's that kind of element of, I kind of wish they would focus more, but there's right. a reason why they're not. There's a reason why there's that shadow involved, and it, it, it all it kind of adds to the creepy factor. It does. So, um, we see uh, Andy tell her that he sent me to find the people you're looking for. Yes. And he conveniently has instructions to make her not crispy anymore. Apparently. To revive her. So that's that's important for a, a, a witch on the go. She wants to not be all <laughs> gross and burned. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> I'm not a fan of it. And then we next see we flash to this motorist on a deserted road. I know, kids, this goes into if you're not comfortable pulling over for a cop. In a secluded area, go to a gas station because this don't is do creepy. It, don't do it. It, it's such a done trope on TV. Yeah. The, the, the secluded the cop, road. The cop trick. Yeah. Pulling somebody over, Because, you know, I'm pretty sure Abby's, or Abby, uh, Andy's not a cop anymore because he died. A little bit. So, yeah, technically he's not even a cop. Yeah. And basically, he just talks to the guy, and he finds out the guy's, like, he specifically asks for his full name. And makes him say it. And makes him say it. Then he says that, he, I think he says he's sorry, and that it wasn't personal. Yeah. And he walks off. He, he genuinely does seem sorry. Yeah. Like, he's just very reluctantly involved in this whole thing. Right. And this guy tries to start his car again. It won't start. Yeah. The radio starts acting weird. The radio is playing Witchcraft. Witchcraft sung by Frank Sinatra. Yes. I thought that was kind of cool. It was. Um, I thought it was very forward thinking for this witch who's who's woken up in modern times, but she apparently, you know, maybe witches are all kept up on any relevant popular music having to do with witchcraft. You never know. Maybe she, maybe she hit iTunes with, you know, when she woke up. Did a Shazam search. Maybe, I, I don't know. know. <laughs> but you know she she knows what to use, and uh, we see her appear and she attacks his car and sets a fire from inside. But what's really interesting, I don't know if you've noticed this, the second she jumps on the car, Frank Sinatra sings, "It's Witchcraft." Oh, that's nice. It's it's time. That's good so little that timing. You're listening to, to the song. He, the first time he says "It's Witchcraft" is when she jumps on the hood of the car. That's nice. Good editing. I like that. Good editing. And uh, th- so this guy, I'm just, you know, you just assume he's just straight up dead. I don't know how many people can survive a like, massive like fire. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In a closed space. Um, so we, we flash to the police station with Abby and Ichabod, and she really doesn't know how to how to deal with all this. Yeah. Um, he, he even makes a point of saying that, you know, you need to mourn Corbin. Um, he, he, he seems to, to understand her in a way that almost she doesn't. Yeah. He has an insight into her. And he makes the point of saying Corbin knew what Abby and her sister saw and he believed them. Yes. Which for Abby, I know she feels like this is, this is a betrayal 
of, of sorts because she didn't know Corbin did. No. So you know that's got to be a little difficult for her. She's dealing with a lot right now. Yeah. So um, so she she fills Ichabod in on, on why she's so invested in Corbin. Um, she was, after the whole thing happened with her and her sister, she got into some really bad things. She, she broke into a pharmacy with this boy she was seen and gets caught by Corbin. Backstory. It was great. And rather than take her in, he takes her to this diner and he gets uh, apple pie a la mode and tells her basically that she has an ultimatum. She can clean up her act and he'll let her go. Or he takes her in. You got, yeah, you got two choices. And, and he says you, you have until the, the apple pie all mode becomes a soupy mess. And so she takes him up on it. She does. And she makes the point of saying that he gave her more fathering in five minutes than she had had in her whole life. Aww. So we find out that, you know, this is a, this is a, it's not overt, but basically Abby's dad has not been involved in their life. Yep, obviously. And we don't really know about the mom yet, but clearly... Abby was hurting, and she was acting out. Yep. And Corbin gave her a choice, which I think was really, really big of him. Um, so you really even get get those feels even more now, because you could tell they were close in the first episode, but now yes. you kind of know why. And, yeah. So they get called to this burned-out car, and Ichabod right away, he wants to get all up in the body, and he sees that the, um, the chest was opened, they don't say the heart has been ripped out, but that's kind of what I took from it. It seemed, and I, I tried to pause it and, and look at it. I mean, and, and here, you really can't, it kind of looks almost like a shoulder. Like, I don't, I can't really, you can't really see, it's so dark. Yeah. You really can't see where. Because it's char on char. Yeah. But I, I kind of got the fact that she took this guy's heart to help regenerate herself. I can either deny or confirm that. <laughs> With it. And but Ichabod sees this and he thinks he knows who did this. So we get a flashback. Yes. We get a we get a Colonial Times flashback. Yes. And he shows he tells Abby that um he saw a regiment attacked in a similar manner. The um it was during a blood moon and he found that you know the, the bodies were burnt out. And as he's inspecting this uh, this scene, he feels a presence. And, and we, he, he, he does mention that he was a person um, that at this time, in, in the flashback, at that, at that time when it was happening, that he was a person where reason and logic mm -hmm. ruled out any kind of supernatural, superstitious, anything. He makes right. a point to say that, whereas now he's a little more... Aware. Wait a minute. Yeah. Something going on. He's aware there's something bigger in the world right. than just what he was privy to. And he gets a flash of this woman, and she's wearing this amulet. Yes. Um, and then he goes on to say that, that these murders happen more often, and um, there was this dark coven that was led by Cyrilda of Abaddon, and that Washington thinks that the British made an alliance with this bad coven. So it ties into Corbin's theory that there were two covens in Sleepy Hollow, a good coven and a bad coven. Yes. So they decide, well, let's check Corbin's files. Now, 
did a little research on Cyrilda of Abaddon. Mm-hmm. Never existed. Okay. Never in any kind of lore anywhere ever. Okay. Um, so I tried to see if I could find anything on just someone named Cyrilda. Mm-hmm. Almost nothing. Okay. Almost absolutely nothing. The only thing I really found was uh, it could possibly be a reference to Cyrilda Jane Wetzel. Uh, there's an urban legend in West Virginia called the Witch's Grave at Highland Cemetery. Mm. Okay. Uh, it is said that a satanic cult at one time used uh, this chapel at Highland Cemetery uh, that visitors at that time noted a stark absence of Christian you know, crosses, not, nothing very Christian-esque at this chapel, uh, and that you felt a sense of unease when, when you were there. Uh, it's reported that this is the final resting spot of Fairmont's most famous witch, uh, Serelda, also known as Zelda, Sarah Jane, Serelda Jane, uh, Witch of the Highlands. Uh, the tombstone itself reads Serelda Jane Wetzel, date of death, May 29th, 1909. Mm-hmm. Now, after I read this article, there's some notes down in there. Uh, a lot of people say, no, this is not true. Uh, I'm a friend of the family of this person who was buried in that grave. They talk about how the headstone faces away from all the other headstones. But, however, that's not true. The headstone has been knocked off and set back up backwards. Uh, so it sounds like the local vandals and whatnot kind of fed into this, this, this urban, urban legend. And kind of created this urban legend more than it is an urban legend. And I've also read that the church, the chapel itself, is now in use. If you do go to this location, please be respectful, right, uh, and abide by all the local laws and whatnot. But it's so there's a lot of people who just can discount everything about it. But it's the only reference to that name in the context, in, of, in witchcraft. context of witchcraft that I could find anywhere. Well, and you know, it kind of ties into if they. They get a freedom if you create an original character that doesn't have any historical ties. That's true. You can kind of do whatever the hell you want That's with it. That's very true. Um, not that they can't do whatever the hell they want anyway in this fictional narrative, but there's no there's no history tied to it. But the other thing is, Cyrilda is, uh, the name in and of itself is a German name. Okay. Cyrilda is a German name. So how that, I, yeah, I don't know. Um, what about Abaddon? Because I know, we all know Abaddon... They have this very prominent character of Abaddon in, in the Supernatural series. Yes. Uh, Abaddon is actually an angel. Uh, no, uh, Abaddon the Destroyer. Okay. I didn't do too much terribly digging into that. Because uh, Supernatural just flat out ignores yeah, that. Yeah, Supernatural just completely ignores that. She's uh, a knight of hell in, in Supernatural. Yes, but she's uh, it was actually was a male, okay. male angel. Abaddon the Destroyer. So by calling her Cyrilda of Abaddon, that makes me think that Abaddon is a like place Abaddon's reference. Like a location, yeah. Yeah, and it, that's not a thing that we could find. No, I couldn't find any uh, reference to that. There is a reference to Abaddon's gate. Oh, that's good. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Google search is not working for me right now. So I thought that was really interesting. They kind of, it sounded like they kind of picked some cool words that sounded good together. They did, and, you know, the, you're writing an original story. Um, you have every right to do that. Okay, Abaddon is Greek. Okay. All right, I found it. Abaddon is Greek. appears uh, in the Bible both as, place of dis- as, both as a place of destruction and as the name of an angel. Okay. 
uh, in the New Testament book of Revelation, an angel called Abaddon is described as the king of an army of locusts. Uh, let's see his name. In Hebrew, it's Abaddon, and then translated, which in Greek means destroyer. So the name Abaddon means destroyer. So if you look at this this chick's German name, of it's Cyrilda of Destroyer. Basically, yeah. Right on, right on. So they go to Corbin's office and they see that it's been cleaned out, which isn't a surprise. I mean, he's he's gone. They had his funeral. Um, As you do. I don't. Know, it does. It does kind of surprise me that it's completely just cleaned out. Yeah, it's not even in process. It's not just his paper files. It's yeah. the whole thing is just cleaned out. You would you would think that someone would want to go through and find like active files. Yeah. Yeah, but it yeah. kind of sets it up for, for later. For it, it does, completely of course empty. it does. And um, Abby decides that she's going to try to find the files, and Ichabod starts poking around in her absence and is confronted by this really, just this, he's an ass. Yes, he is. Um, and Ichabod tells him that he is a history professor from Oxford. Setting up his cover. Yeah, setting up the cover that they talked about, and they go into, um, this guy asks him what his specialty is, and he mentions that it's around the history of the revolution. And I just, I really hate this guy for it. He says, um, you know, oh, you study a time where we kicked your ass. Like, we, America, kicked British ass. To a man who <laughs> fought against the British in the Revolutionary yes, War. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And he calls him on it. He calls him on it, too. Um, and we find out this guy is an Iraq vet. And that it's Abby's ex, Luke. Yes. But I don't want to go back to the, the cover that they're building mm -hmm. for Ichabod as, as the professor. Mm -hmm. The character Ichabod Crane from Sleepy Hollow was, in fact, the professor. So we, yeah. there is a callback to, the, to, to him being the a schoolmaster. And I was like, thank you. Yeah, I thought that was a nice tie-in. Throw us a breadcrumb. Yeah. Thank you very much. I, yeah. was, I was happy to hear that. That, that that was the cover they were doing. Because we keep that in, but it's not also he's just a boring county schoolmaster. No. We make it a little cooler than Oh, that. yes, they do. So, um, you know, Abby, Abby comes back, and she says that the files were put in the archive across the street. Yes. But she can't get it. She doesn't have clearance to get in. Just a key. Right. And Irving has a key, and Irving's not around. Right. And Ichabod says he knows another way in because this building used to be the armory. I thought it was the building across the street was the armory. Yeah, that's where they're going. Okay, that's where they're going. The archives going. are across the street. Right. So, so wait, 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 wait. I want to make sure I understand. The archives are in the old armory. Yes. Across the okay. Yes. Okay. I was confused. And he wants to keep talking about Luke. And Abby clearly does not. He wants to get all... And, and, and Ichabod's like, you're asking questions about Katrina. Yep. I think it's only fair. And he's right. He is right. And she's like, well, no, this is personal. Like... My wife being a witch like is personal. That's not personal. Come on. Yeah. So there's a little bit of, you know. She will literally pay him to, to stop, stop talking. talking. And yeah. he was like, okay. <laughs> He's like, up. I need money. Pay up. I don't have any money. Um, so we go. He finds this room. Now, how does he find this location in this modern building? I was thinking that, too, because I thought, you know, it's all well and good that he knows where the secret tunnel is, but. This is now a modern building. But like the setup cannot be the same. Even even if it's an even if the guts of the building are old, which they clearly are. Yes. It's got this modern sheetrock. It's got all this, but he knows exactly where to go. Yep. 
convenient plot device. I thought it would have been kind of funny if he kind of had to fumble around a couple times. That, but see, that would have been more believable. It would have. And he moves the shelf, or this cabinet, out of the way. Like, this is exactly where... With, with a convenient crowbar, or, or pickaxe, or whatever it is. Yeah. And he starts tearing the wall up. And apparently nobody in this police department... No! No! Abby's horrified, but then they when they go down this tunnel, they don't try to cover it back up. No. They don't even close the door behind them. No. Or try to move, maybe move the cabinet back in front of them. Yeah. Nothing. It's very scooby Yeah, it's... It's very scooby So they even find this uh, a, la- a convenient lantern at the entrance of this tunnel. I know. And it's been there for 250 years and, and still lights. And it still has oil in it and still yes. lights. Yes. It's also very convenient. Everything's just very convenient. It is. There's a lot of convenience in this show. So they start going down these tunnels, and Ichabod points out, oh, here's where the witches are buried. Uh-huh. Here and are the I, bones. I just cringe all over again. And, and, and why were they buried there? Because they were not afforded a proper burial because they were witches. And Abby says something. Yeah. Katrina, oh, well, apparently that was to, to hide the, the Because the grave head. was empty. But how on, the, how on earth did that church get away with having a blatant witch headstone for over two centuries? Because your average citizen doesn't know, oh, well, that's, that's where... There's no body there. It's the head of the horseman. Oh, no, no. We're it's okay. Everybody knows. Come it's, on, the whole town knows. It's a ruse. And everybody apparently goes along with it. The entire town's in on this. Yeah. But he makes the point of saying he doesn't know where Katrina's buried. Yeah. We don't know where her remains. We know where she's not, but we don't know where she is. Right. And they, they're going down these tunnels, and they find these old powder reserves. Right, right. Now, before we get to the powder reserves, I wanted to mention... He's in his dream earlier. Mm-hmm. The, 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 he looks almost like he's in these tunnels a little mm-hmm. bit. That could very well be, like, foreshadowing for yeah. these will be important. Yeah. It's at least the same set. Yeah, that's and that could be practically I'm all sure it is. I'm sure it's at least the same set. Yeah. This is what made me, when I got to the scene, I was like, oh, this looks like where Ichabod first saw Katrina, where the witch's bones are buried. She's one of us. It does yeah. come back full round. Which, you know. I know. If we're talking about useful warnings, <laughs> Katrina. Katrina is not the best at, like, like, he'll get there eventually, but at this point, if she's taking the time oh saying God. we're safe, I can talk to you now, it's all riddles, and... She's one of us. Why not just say she's a witch? Like, honey, okay, she's a witch, she's gonna come up with the blood moon, she's gonna do the da-da-da-da-da, you're gonna need to do this to get I rid know. of her. Like, it's all riddles and shit. I know. So. Riddles and dogs. Yeah, so Katrina's not the greatest at warnings. No, <laughs> she's not. So they find these they find these old boxes of powder, and Abby makes a point of saying, "Are these still good?" And Ichabod doesn't want to take a chance. No. no. So they kind of hightail he is, it. He is military. He is military. He military so. so they they hightail it to the archives, and it is just really it's it's everything's covered up with sheets. It's dusty. It's clearly not being used. No. But the files are there, and they find them. And of so they, they decide to split them up, and they're going to look through these files to find out if they can figure out who this woman is, who this witch is. If they can find something, anything. Oh, and she, uh, Abby does make a point of mentioning that you can pretty much find all of the history of Sleepy Hollow in this, in room. this one room. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Setting it up. And uh, we flash to these kids playing outside, and... They kick this soccer ball over to Andy, 
and he's being creepy with the kid and, and asked the boy his name. And my first thought is, not the kid, not the kid. Me too. Kid. Me too. I was like, y'all ain't gonna kill no. like this eight-year-old boy. No. Don't do it. And he does the whole name thing again, and he gives more veiled sorries. And like you said before, he does seem genuinely like... He does. That's, that's rough kid. But he does what he needs to do. And he tells the kid to go inside. It's getting dark. And then put sunglasses on. Yes. <laughs> but the kid notices his... Or no, no, that was the motorist that noted his neck the first time. Yes. Yeah. Uh, apparently now, in broad daylight, the kid doesn't... Well, it doesn't freak him out. No, but if you, you can see... Well, Andy's taller and he's yeah. taller, and they That's show true. they just show the camera angle where you really can't see it as well. Yeah. Um, I'm a police officer again. We're doing the police news, yeah. which kills me. But go yeah. inside; it's getting dark. I'm gonna put on my sunglasses. What? Yeah. yeah. What? It's got to look cool for Abby. I guess so. Yeah. Uh, so we flash back to Ichabod and Abby, and they find that Abaddon. They did find the files. They did find the files. And it is Romani Greek, which is the language of the gypsies. Yes. Which he tries to say that's what Abaddon means. Yeah. I can, no. No. No reference, no nothing. That's, that is not true. Um, and there are so many different Romani, uh, dialects dialects and families and, and, you know, not to use the word tribe because that's not correct. I can't think of the right word, but there are a lots. lot of yeah, there are a lot it's, of di- there are a lot of different Romani groups. Yes. Um. So I think conveniently being like it's gypsy, and of course all gypsy stuff is the same was was a little bit. I it, that threw me a little bit off. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't quite like that. Yeah, they kind of lumped it all in together. Um, but just Abaddon is just it has. It, I couldn't find any reference to Abaddon being any kind of language anywhere ever. Yeah. They just made that up. And. And the fact that it kind of, there's always been, you know, uh, the gypsies have a very rich history. Um, I mean, a lot of it, a lot of the gypsy, uh, call them gypsies no, that, well, they call themselves gypsies. You're not supposed to. Yes. Gypsy is not a uh, politically correct term anymore, but they have roots going all the way back to India. I mean, it's, if you ever research some of these, some of these um, groups, really fascinating and they've been persecuted throughout history they really have so i think making her have that ancestry and she's a baddie i didn't like that mm-hmm. i thought that was just too easy it was too much like up oh, gypsy equal bad and here she is this romani greek with a german name with a german name so point that out. yeah but you know they're taking a lot of liberties they are taking a lot of liberties so I think I think it shows that like they're willing to do a lot of research in some areas, but in others they're like, ooh, gypsy bad. Yeah. So I, that that didn't sit completely no. well with me. No. Um. So plus I don't know if there was a history of any kind of Romanis in America at this point in time during or even during because I think they a lot the the main immigration happened a lot later. I think so too. So, but you know, putting that aside. We learned that Ichabod has an iconic memory, which is incredibly convenient. I know, right? Uh, so basically, not, not, just, not just photographic, sights, smells, everything. everything. Yes. Yeah. Which I am glad they didn't call it photographic because that's not really a thing. He calls it eidetic. He calls it eidetic. She called it photographic. He 
correct her per se, just expands it, tries to expand her mind on it. And honestly, I think she uses the photographic term to make sure the audience understands. Yeah. Because not everybody knows what I dedicate. Yeah. Those of us who are going to be Yeah. I mean, another. And the thing is, eidetic memory doesn't actually exist. It doesn't work the way that it's portrayed. No, but it's portrayed, uh, and they portray his the same as they do, say, for the dispensary from the lines. Mm -hmm. But if you if you could do any research into an eidetic memory, that's it, it's not that it's not that simple. It's not that concrete. No, it's not that concrete. Yeah. Your mind's not this filing You just go, okay, let's find everything. Awesome, yeah. Where do I get any more of Seriously. Mind library yeah. or mind palace. My, my head cannon is a mind palace. There you go. It is. That room. It's the archive. <laughs> we find, do introduce that, that concept. Yeah, and we find out that the good coven is the one that was responsible for catching Cyrilda back in the day. And they named it. They named it. Sisterhood of the Radiant Heart. Yes. And Which sounds very Catholic to me. Doesn't it? It sounds it sounds very Christian overtone. It does. Which I know we're talking about the apocalypse here, but they, they really generally yeah. don't bring in... The whole fact that there's this two witch covens, yeah. which are pagan in origin, are involved in the Christian apocalypse. Yeah. I just throw my hands up, but you know the witch is buried in the in the graveyard, so I'm just, I give up. <laughs> Whatever. It's, it's it's a thing. It's the witch in the graveyard. Know, it's fine. Right? Just don't pay too much attention don't to it. Don't pay attention to the witch in the graveyard. <laughs> we find out that the uh, that Cyrilda, before she dies, which apparently they have learned nothing, they let her speak before she dies, and she lays a curse up on. They her. let her monologue. Mm -hmm. They let her mon monologuing is always oh, bad. Yeah. Um, she lays, yeah, she lays down the purse. And we, we figure out that she's hunting the ancestors of those who, of the, of those the, who condemned those her. Who condemned her. Um, but she has to finish it before the blood moon turns. So we've got a time frame. All rituals have their, their rules. Yes, yes. Which I'm kind of glad that's the, that they tie it back the blood moon back in to kind of really hit that home. They do. Um, so we move back to the kid that Andy was creeping on. Don't kill the kid. I know that that was basically my entire thought this entire Every scene. Time Please don't kill that kid, child. Do not kill this kid. Please don't kill that child. And um, Abby and Ichabod have decided to go find this descendant, and we're we're did flashing they, back and forth between them and the child. Did they go on Ancestry.com? I think they did. It was all terribly convenient. It was. She she found it real fast. Yeah. Apparently, the file was like, and this guy's direct descendant is here. And um, the the kid is he looks to be alone in this dark house. He keeps calling out for his mom. So creepy. <sighs> that child. Not the kid. No. The, Where is mom? Where, Where is mom? She was in the bathtub. Apparently, she was asleep in the bathtub. And he goes. He he finds their front door open. And the whole time, I'm just like, please don't kill this child. I know. And his mom, who we find out is in the bathtub, what looks like asleep, she hears a scream. In the dark. In the dark. Okay, you said this again. Why is the candles, honey? Uh, I know. Why is the candles? She doesn't know how to bath. I know. She's not yeah. seen enough horror movies. This is true. This is true. And um, so we see Abby and Ichabod burst in as soon as the mother gets near the door, and they find they find the boy unharmed. Yes. Which I was pretty happy about. Around the corner. Right. And they demand to know about... Who, that, that the child is the living, the last living descendant of this guy, and she right away supplies, oh no, he's adopted. 
Which, you know, it kind of did my heart a little good that she's not sheltering her son. Right. He's adopted. And I was just, that's, that's a little side but, note. But I think that was a big leap. Like, if I was startled, I have these police, you know, barging into my house. Child's lineage? Yeah, I don't know that I would have gone, oh, well, no, he's not blood related. So. My, re- my response would have been, what? Yeah, but for the sake of the show. Whatever. Um, so they what they did what the witch did is she took the ashes of his of his adopted dad. The, but the thing is, Ichabod was the one who just happened to notice the shelf off to the side. Dust, dust is elegant. Dust is elegant. Dust is elegant, and there's this little <laughs> circle where dust is not. Right. And he just happens to notice. Of course he does. And she, the mom's like, no, that was my husband's ashes. My first, what the hell? Yeah. Yeah. Give me a Valium. So apparently, like, this witch doesn't need you alive. She can she use... She kill you. Yeah, she can she just needs, use... She literally just needs the ashes. Yeah. She can use her the, the remains. So, uh, basically they decide they have to burn her before she returns. And Abby has this cute little moment where she tries to imitate Ichabod and he wants none of it. He's like, that's not accurate. No. And it's well, just, they, and it's just do, really cute. It, it is a very cute scene. <clears throat> but they do reference back to the, um, excuse me, the um, bones, where the bones are buried. Right. Where the witches are buried. In the tunnels. In the tunnels, not the graveyard. Right. I'm never going to be over that. You're never going to be over that. Never going to let that go. <laughs> so we flash back to uh, the tunnels where the witch is, uh, you know, she's doing witchy things she's with these bones. She's watching Andy. She's, she's watching Andy. Andy, watching Andy, Andy dig. dig for bones. This is great. He's like, no, no, don't worry about it. I got this. I'm fine. Good. Uh, so I see some undead bitching, and because Abby or Andy just he bitches a lot. Yeah. Yeah. He he got himself into this man. He did. He did this to himself. And um, Abby and Ichabod get down to the tunnels. They yep. find the bones are gone. Yep. Uh. Abby gives Ichabod a, bu- a, a gun, and she tells him how to use it, and he's like, I've oh, used yeah, guns yeah. before, and she's like, whatever. whatever. They split up, which generally I don't, I'm not a fan of. Right. But it, you know. It never, never ends well. So we see, we see this witchcraft happening, the witch is doing stuff with these bones. She is, and I, and I want to point out, there's, a really, there's some really great detail here. Mm-hmm. She has the bones all piled up, mm-hmm. she sprinkles the ashes on them, does a little incantation, and then starts arranging the, the bones as opposed to laying out the bones and then trying to sprinkle these ashes all over. I thought that was great. Detail. I'm like, hey, that's yeah. smart. And then she starts arranging them in actual order. Yeah, body she's got order. the head, the, the spine, and the ribs like an actual like laid out like you'd see in a lab. Yeah, and then she lays down. Not sure how all that works. She's not really alive, so that's true. What well, I mean, what is she? She's she's not. She can. She's not corporeal, but she can affect. She could take the ashes, or do we think Andy took the ashes? But she's moving these bones around. That's true. And she was at the house where the kid is, so she had to have taken that urn. Yeah. But she's those. Her bones are right there. So how can which witchcraft witchcraft? And uh, so she she lays down on these bones, and and we get this really what I thought was kind of a cool effect uh, compared to the fire we see later. Um, and she's got her body back. Boom, body. And so... And I like that it was a, 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 it was a quick, simple ritual. Yeah. Boom and done. They didn't build it up for boom scene after scene, no. this crescendo of magic. And then that, 
the, oh, and it takes them forever to get through the tunnels this yeah. time. But it doesn't. It doesn't. It's, and it's so done. Ichabod finds her relatively quickly. He fires his gun. She stops that bullet. So clearly she's, she's got she's got some mojo going on now that she's got her body back. And he runs. Abby is caught up with him at this point. He runs. He runs around exclaiming about the crates that they found earlier, and Abby follows him. Well, and he drops the gun. He drops the gun. And Abby makes a point to pick. You dropped your gun. He's and he was like, "I used the shot," and she's like, "There's more than one." There is. Yeah, so it goes back to, okay, Ichabod, yeah, you knew about this stuff back in the day, but maybe you don't know everything you think you know. Right. It's more Ichabod versus the modern world. Right. Um, so Katrina trapped the witch, and, you know, she tells him that, uh, that she's trapped between worlds and her fate is sealed and all this other stuff. So we get these flashes. Yeah, she's... And he, you know, you see his his thought process of we're going to ignite this powder and we're going to burn this witch. Right. And and Abby just, without even questioning, she just goes with helps. him. And Sorilda is speaking in Greek. But now they actually show what she's they saying. They tell us what she's saying. And, and you're reading the closed captioning, so speaking Greek. But without closed captioning, it's telling you what she's saying. Right. Um, and he's, she's, you know, she's telling him about Katrina and whatnot. But Abby is helping Ichabod without questioning it. Yep. She's just, following right, him. I'm doing it. We're, we're going to do this thing. This is your world. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. And you get this, you know, he he's he's purposely uh, you know, he's going to put this this uh, torch into these these uh, powder kegs and, you know, you see them they're, they're hiding from the witch, and they're letting her get further in the room, and Ichabod keeps telling Abby that he's going to wait, wait, wait. You get that false beat of, oh my god, it doesn't ignite. And at yes. first I was like, well, this plan sucked. And then you get the big then, boom. And the horrible, horrible, the horrible CGI <laughs> fire. Like, that fire pained me. It was not good. Was Maybe fire's really hard to CGI. They just didn't want to put a lot of money into yeah, it's it. It's only episode two. This is true. This is true. So witch goes boom. Um, and so we see we see the, the baddie for the episode thwarted. Dun dun dun. And we move to Ichabod and he he is convinced that Katrina can be freed from where she's trapped. Well it is his wife. Right. And Abby makes a point of saying that she wishes she could go back to before all this happened. And Ichabod's just happy they're together as a team. Oh, because it is happening. Because it is happening. It is happening, yeah. Um, Abby goes in. He, he doesn't He doesn't baby her. He doesn't. He's like, no. This yeah, is okay. going on. I understand, but we're here now. Right. Deal with it. Yeah. But not in but a. Nicely. Yeah, but not, nicely. In a, but not in a rude way. Yeah. And Abby goes to take a, another look at Corbin's office, and to her surprise, and she knows it's not real, she sees him. She sees, uh, he goes off to, uh, Ichabod goes off to get coffee, and, and Abby sees movement mm-hmm. in Corbin's office, and that's when she gets up, and there he is. And he gives her this otherworldly pep talk. He does. And it's, ah, uh, I just, you see their relationship, and he tells her that she, I mean she she kind of goes off on him a little bit like she does you know you didn't tell you me, didn't tell me you, you kept a lot from me and he basically tells her that she needs to figure out 
what she was meant to do. Yep. And to do that, she's got to have some faith. Yep. And he also tells her, don't be afraid of number 49. And at that point, Ichabod comes in, she turns around, and it's all gone. Yeah, it's gone. So we then conveniently flash to room 49, Mm -hmm. and we see a woman who is, like, just tearing it up on the floor with, is, with, with doing, uh, the push-ups. doing the push-ups. Um, and we find out it's Jenny Mills, who is Abby's sister. sister of Abby Mills. So a nurse comes in, and she gives her her pills. That nurse pisses me off. I don't like that, that nurse. That is not how you treat. See, Although, where she will be on her Yeah. So... I, yeah, I didn't like the nurse either. She was just real snippy about it, like, sure. seen any any demons lately and stuff like that. And Jenny makes a point of saying, of course not. Now that nice. I've been on these pills. Oh, yeah, I've been taking these. And she's, Jenny's all nice and compliant. Yeah. But you could still get that undercurrent of... There's a rebellious tone to the compliance. Yeah. So And we find out she is being rebellious because she's hidden her pills under her tongue. Yeah. For the record, they check under your tongue. Yeah. This does not work. Yeah. Just, just so just so you know. Just saying. <laughs> Don't try this at Do home, not kids. Try this at home or not at home. Or not at home. Um, and we see Jenny look at she has a clipping of what happened with her and Abby when they were kids. She yep. has a clipping of this in her in her room. And it shows uh, I don't know if you could, I don't know if you saw it, but it shows uh, their ages. Oh, okay. Um, how old were they? I believe it says hold on. We can pause on it. She, uh, she spits it out. She steps on it, which I thought this was pretty ingenious. Yeah, she made a point of disposing of the pill itself. So ten and eleven. Ten and eleven. So there are two sisters, Abby, Jenny Mills. Ten and eleven. Okay. Or Viking Conquerors, Sleepy Hollow, Thursday um, afternoon. Like they were missing, and you can go and you can read a little bit. It shows a little bit. It's it says that it says that the headline is the Mills sisters were found. Yeah, they were missing for a time, obviously, right. according to this article. So. Right. So, um, so we see that that Jenny is very much aware of, of what happened to them as a kid. She's not let go of it, and then she randomly has this pole. Yeah, I don't know where that bar came from. I don't know where that bar came from her either. Bed is still in one piece. Yeah. So she randomly has this bar that she sets up to do push-ups from, but it looks really cool. And we get a flash of this demon behind her, and she doesn't see it. But it startles her enough to turn around, yes. and of course he's gone, but she felt it. Yeah, and it's it's kind of a callback to the, the pilot episode where there's that flash of demon, mm-hmm. end of episode. So yeah. another flash of demon, end, end of, of episode. episode. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that's going to get all real fast. Well, you know. I, I know, but. They're, they're trying to creep you out here. One time creep me out, second time, okay. Yeah, we're done with this by now. So, so we get so we get Jenny introduced in this episode, Yay! and immediately, I like her. I know, yeah. She's smart. She's resourceful. She's clearly driven. She's clearly in an institution. Yeah, but she's fighting against it not not overtly, not overtly, because she's she's by all appearances she's this compliant patient, right? But she's still being active. She's still she's not taking the meds they're giving her. Meds. She's she's making sure she's in peak physical condition as much as she can be. Yep. In this room, she's working with what she's got. Yeah. So I, I was excited to see Jenny. Um, I think overall, this like I said, it's a very strong second episode. Um, 
I think it was a little stronger than the first episode. But again, pilots are pilots. Pilot, they, pilots have a really tough job. They really do because they got to introduce so much and get you hooked in. Right. And from, in that first shot. From what I understand, pilots are notoriously um, commented on by executives at the network. Yeah. They like tweaking them. Because, you know, you they put money into the pilot, and the pilot's, like you said, your chance to, to get the viewers in. Um, usually the pilot is just made it standalone. So that's even to sell the executives on it right. more than anything. And they'll come back and make notes. So, I mean, the pilot, man, there there's a lot stacked against people when, they, when, they, when they're setting these things up. There really is a lot of people. They used to re- reshoot pilots. Mm-hmm. And they used to, didn't air pilot episodes. You started with basically what was episode two, but mm-hmm. it's become more common practice to air the pilot now. People want to see these things. Yeah. And I like that. Yeah, I, and, and I love me an origin story, so oh. I, I always like to see that. But you always have to... I always try to keep in mind that there may have been forces outside of the creative team giving them notes. It's the, it's the network. And this is Fox. Yes. Who is notorious for, you know, being not necessarily being on board with their creative team. No. Um, and like I said last time, it was that was actually one of one of the reasons I was like, I don't know if I want to watch this Lincoln Hollow thing. They'll probably like, yeah, cancel it. Yeah, they're going to cancel it. Yeah. So, but I, I think so far this was really good. It's, yeah, was, I was I was really hooked into it by this by this episode. I was like, yeah, I, I want to watch this. I'm ready to watch the next. I want more. Yeah. Give me more story. Yeah. So really enjoyable. I was looking forward to seeing where they were going to take it. Mm-hmm. And I was glad that they, they did get away from the horsemen. Yeah. Because I was really, really worried after seeing the pilot. Okay, we, we're doing this the horsemen. Okay, there's only four horsemen. That's a season. We're done. And I was well, worried yeah. how we going to stretch that out. And, and even if you just keep it to the horsemen for one season, it's always going to be a horseman rampaging. Mm-hmm. And we got to stop him for the week, but not really stop him That's enough to so kill him. That would get so old. Yeah. So this kind of led into okay, this this can it can be a monster of the week show, but it also can tie back into the larger narrative. They they gave you the the, the here's what we're going to do week to week. Here's and this is going to be the overall. Like, oh, okay, we get an overall arc here. They're planning this. Yeah, because it's not just also some random witch. It's it's part of this larger larger picture. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So I thought that was I thought that was it well was encouraging. done. Yeah. Aside from some of the weird Greek, non Greek gypsy stuff, German I thought named Greek witch. What? Yeah, I what? thought overall it was witch a good episode. Yeah. Which is which is the graveyard. Never be over it. Never. Ever, ever be over it. It's so blatant it bugs bugs <laughs> So we also find out that Katrina is trapped somewhere. And that Ichabod is hell bent on the fact that she can be rescued. It's his wife. And, and just apparently, despite the fact that she has lied to him about everything. Yeah, big stuff. Then uh, he, he he's like, oh, well, maybe maybe we can find her. Yeah. Dun, 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 uh, and I was like, I was like, oh, really? Right away, Abby's like, okay, whatever. Yeah. You do realize she lied to you well, she a has, lot. I know. She's got the woman perspective here. Uh-huh. So, you know, Ichabod, you can see already, Ichabod's got some blinders going on when it comes to Katrina. Yep. And I think we talked about this, maybe not in the cast, but I know we've talked about this before. Whenever they show Katrina, she is not dressed in anything remotely. Nothing period. Nothing resembling colonial garb aside from it's a big, long dress. 
It's a big old dress. It's got the big old buckle on it. Yeah. But she looks almost like she's wearing a cloak. She's very sexualized. Yes. She's very, very she's sexualized. She's got this off-the-shoulder dress. It's a sleeveless dress. Her hair's all loose and flowy. She's got lots of cleavage going on. Colonial times, they had their, their hair back. They had the little hair... Uh, the the bonnets. And the thing that killed me, though, is when they show her in the first episode, when they're flashing back to her being a nurse, she's in correct she attire. She's wearing period attire there. And it, and it's believable. But in these, like, wherever the hell she's trapped, she, like, I don't know, it kind of looks yeah. like Hot Topic threw up on her a little bit. <laughs> it does. I mean... She's it, been to the Hot Topical. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, and it's, 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 it's so sexualized. But I kind of thought maybe, okay, it's it's a dream, kind of like a dream vision sequence. Yeah. Is this kind of like Ichabod's mental image of her? Or maybe how she wants to portray how herself. she wants to portray herself. Okay, that's... Whatever. whatever. But I, I'm happy they don't do that to Abby. Me too. Abby's very... Well, I don't want to say the word normal. Uh, she's every day. Yeah, the everyday person. But they don't. Sense. They don't make. They don't hit you over the head with. The, she's a woman. Look at her boobs. You know. No, she's. She's. It, no. They and they don't. They oh, don't do that with no. Jenny either. They don't. Now there's there's one shot with Abby, but there's there's some boobage going on there. Yeah, but that's later on. But yeah, whatever. But no, she's. But she doesn't wear uh like cutoffs or whatever. She's yeah. Not, she's not sexualized like Trina is. Yeah. Uh, it makes Abby relatable. Yeah, it does. And and I I don't yeah I don't I don't know what the choice is or if they're like we've got this smoking hot redhead let's show her off I <laughs> I don't know <laughs> but yeah so right away it's been off putting and the fact that Katrina can't like give Katrina. a decent warning I don't like Katrina she gives these half assed warnings because I know if I was Ichabod I'd be like woman tell me what you mean what are you talk about yeah what do you mean? I'm so bad at riddles I wouldn't have figured shit out. I would have still been sitting she's in archives. One, I don't know. She's one of us. That was that was kind of easy. Yeah. She's uh, one of us in the gravestone. How much harder would it have been to say she's a witch? I know, right? How many? <laughs> there's it's about the same syllables. Yeah. She's a witch. She's a witch. Yep. Turn so. me into a new. But overall, I think it was I think it was a good step forward. Um, I like where it's going. Mm-hmm. It's it really did kind of set you set you up. Yeah. So I and I'm I'm with you when I when I watched this for the first time I was like okay I want next week. Yeah, I'm ready. Let's, let's watch it. Let's do it. So. Listeners, we'd love to hear from you about this episode or really anything. Uh, you can email us at randomteapodcasts at gmail.com. You can message us on Tumblr at randomteapodcasts or you can tweet at us at randomteacasts. And honestly, if it's anything like really important or it's a lot of feedback, I would say go ahead and email us rather than chance Tumblr's messaging system. But, you know, you can you can do both if you, you know, just want to make sure we get it. And if you don't want to remember all of that, our website at randomtpodcast.com has all of our contact information. And if you follow us on Twitter, you can get notifications as to when all of our casts are released. And um, the website also has links to our casts on iTunes and SoundCloud. And um, while you're listening, if you would like to subscribe or rate or leave us feedback or like or thumbs up or high five or whatever the hell the site allows, um, we would really, really appreciate it. Um, And if there's a site or an app that you'd like us to post to that we're not already on, just let us know and we'll definitely look into it. Be sure to send us your show theories, ask us about upcoming casts, or please suggest a movie you'd like for us to talk about. We want to hear from you. Anything else you want to add? I think I'm done. All right, let's close this down. Thanks for listening. Thank you.